Hockey fans, ice hockey fans around the world, you are watching Gooch Live. I'm Kerry Goulet, better known as a Gooch, and my co-partner is... Paul Rosen, featuring Rosie. Yes, it's sir. on the screen, baby. Yeah, I got it. See, we got it set up. I'm telling you. Stephen Ellis helped us it. out. Stevie was fantastic. He's said, the man. Gooch, don't do it in... Oh, yeah, Shay, too, was... I guess he put it up. Well, what's really crazy about that is it's not in crayon. No, it's actually in the which most of the stuff that I've put on <laughs> screens is in crayon. Well, you know what? It's brought to you by uh, the Hockey News, uh, which is great. We're on the network here. Yeah. And, and those good people of? Christian. Yes, sir. I'm telling you. They're the best. Christian yeah. hockey. All right. Well, we've, we've made that plug often. And again, I won't tell you about the Christian 1000. Listen, we are so excited about this show. Not only to get the chance to talk a little bit about the NHL All-Star, but one of the things are two-time All-Star coming up to talk to us, Keith Primo. Wow, what a, I I wore number twenty five in men's hockey at Chesswood Arena. I wore the twenty five for Keith Primo. That is no lie. Okay, well, great. We'll be talking to him a little bit I'll tell later him. on. I'm sure you will. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll talk about the NHL. Uh, obviously, with Keith, he played in a couple NHL games uh, that were a little bit different. We'll talk about that. But more importantly, the new uh, NHL All Star. Why are they going to the the format they're using? And then, of course, uh, we'll get into my bottom line. Yep. Uh, All time greatest over. Overtime winning goals, and then we're going to talk to Rosie. The Rosie's rant is about Rosie's rant is going to be about the Olympics, pro or con. Okay, we'll see what what I take. So I know that uh, everybody's gathering up against me. It's O two in the rants. You've won both of them so far, you know. But it's a long season. I'm going to give you a good shot this time. Yeah, I think. Listen, you are. let's dive right into it. Okay. Uh, uh, obviously, I just got back. Uh, I'm a little bit under the weather due to the fact that I was with the. Uh, Australian uh, Indigenous ice hockey team, the first of its kind to come to Edmonton. It was an unbelievable, I know you saw some of the videos, you saw some of the pictures. Number one, what an honor to be with these young boys and girls. You've met a bunch of them in, in the Ice Factor. I want to do a shout out to Mari Shaw and the great people from the Ice Factor, all the kids. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, Pat Garland got them on the ice. They skated where Connor McDavid skated. Unbelievable. Yep. That, that has got to be something that these kids are going to take for the rest of their lives. Then we went to Calling Lake. Minus 42. The Gooch bundled up like crazy. I saw that. Okay. The kids were out there shoveling the snow, tobogganing, and then we went ice fishing. I said, God, forget the ice fishing. Let's just go to the grocery store. I'll buy you frozen ice we, ice fish. We don't need to be actually yeah, trying well, to the, catch Yeah, well, the kids were probably, what, in their teens and their 20s at, at, at the most? Gooch, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but we yeah. had your 60th birthday a little while. Oh, ago. that's right. Yeah. Was I there? You were there. All right. We're getting into the NHL, yeah. NHL All-Star Week. We're there. I'm going to be live talking with a bunch of players and uh, being around, hanging around some of the good people from the Hockey News. Steve, uh, uh, can't wait to you know go out and see the ecstatic in St. Louis because that's where it's being held. It's being held at the Enterprise, Enterprise Center. And the reason it's exciting is they won the Stanley Cup last year. They did. And you know what? At, at the uh, new year... They were in last place. Can you believe Craziness. that? So, so Leafs have the NHL now has a chance. Well, Leafs have a chance. I think that's a one in a million. How, but, how about so? But you're telling me there's a chance. There is a chance. Okay. What about uh, what about the Jets? There's a chance for anybody. Even my Chicago Blackhawks, my beloved Chicago Blackhawks, who've given me three Stanley Cups in my lifetime, they're only three points out of a playoff spot right now. Shout out to Patrick Kane. Yeah. A thousand points. Unbelievable. It's what crazy. a talent. Yeah. Well, he's, he's with a good Winnipegger, too, eh? That's helped him out a little bit. Yeah. Jonathan Tate. Not bad. Don't not forget bad. that one. Yeah. All right, 1999. The NHL All-Star Game was made up of North America defeating the world. Pretty interesting. A lot of great players on that. Keith Primo was in that game, and we'll talk to him about that. 2004, 
Keith Primo was also an all-star in that game. Uh, it was East versus West, the conference, conference and uh, the East beat the West. Now the new format, it's been going on for a couple of years. They're going to add a, a couple of things. Tell me about that. Why is the NHL bouncing around, you know, going from format to format? Are, are they not successful at what they've already been doing with All-Stars? Are All-Stars done because they're boring? Well, I, I think you, you have to give Gary Bettman a little bit of credit. You know, I know a lot of people love to get on him and that, you know, call him the count and everything. But you got to give him a little bit of credit because he's trying to change different things. And three on three is what people want. They love overtime. They Most people don't want the shootout. They want that overtime, another two, another three, another five minutes. And it's exciting. Speaking as a goaltender, card-carrying member of the Goaltenders Union, I hate it. Three-on-three three is insane. You have to be every second. You got a shot coming here and a shot coming there. You don't know what's going on. You're screaming at one guy, and then it's... Uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but as a fan, I'm a big fan of it. Well, think about that, though. There's only one goaltender on a team, and there's 15 other or 20 other players that want to get some ice time. I, I love the three-on-three. Three. I think it's uh, a part of the game that's never going to go away. I'm, they're talking about maybe extending it uh, to have the game won by uh, a, a golden goal, I guess, if you want to call it, uh, instead of the shootout. I don't mind the shootout. It's not it's not re overly boring. Only when it starts getting into the 10th, 11th, 12th round, I think it starts getting a little over over the top the only problem that i have with the shootout is you're going to come down to the last week of the season and there might be a team that misses the playoffs because of three shootout losses that if the game and it, you can argue this i know it but if the game went three more minutes of three on three you have an opportunity to have your best players out there as opposed to one guy coming down a little bit of ice bounces the puck you know, could have the situation with what with, happened to Marchant where he misses the puck. All -time everybody's greatest. on everybody's on him. Yeah. Just remember, all you big mouths that are on him, he's got a Stanley Cup ring. You don't. Get out of your parents' basement and get a real job. <laughs> Whoa, how do you feel about that? Yeah, well, I like Marshawn. All right, yeah. well, he's you know what? Uh, for all that he is, I'd like him to be a little more tame on the ice and a little more respectful of the game. That's yeah. the only okay. problem I got with him. You'd love oh, him to be a Winnipeg Jet, though. I, okay, all right. Don't go down that path. Okay. Listen, so the format this year, again, is uh, they do three games. They're 20-minute games. Uh, it includes the Pacific Atlantic Central and the Metropolitan. Um, do you like that format? Is it? Is it? Forget about the entertainment value of it. But is that a cool format? Yeah, I think so. I, I think there's. A, you've got some good players playing it. You've got the. You're Toronto Maple Leafs. You know we're in Toronto. They are going to have Anderson and uh, and Matthews playing in the game. I think Mitch Marner should be there. But you know every team has to have somebody represented. I I think it's going to be a good game. I think you're going to have a lot of fun there. Now, what about the last man standing? Uh, they put uh, th that in just to make sure that, you know, maybe a person like Marner uh, doesn't get the opportunity to play uh, and should be there. Uh, what do you think about that? Is that kind of a just a afterthought? And will he, the last guy <clears throat> win a car? Yes, absolutely. Yes <clears throat> to both. I think uh, absolutely. I, I, I like it. And I like the fact to, uh, to give that guy a car, you know, because he's, it, everybody in the room, you've been in the room, you know, guys are joking around. It's more of the guys getting, you know, laughed at or made fun of when, when two weeks later, the guy who has it's on Minnesota and Minnesota's playing Carolina and you're getting ready for warm up and the guy skates by you and goes, hey, you're the last guy picked, you know, it's just hey. whatever. 
but at least I was picked. Yeah, absolutely. So th- we talked a little bit about, you know, extending that overtime situation. I think the real big concern is, and you said it, we can get all the great players or the best players on the ice at that time. And I think what the NHL the PA would be thinking is the fact that that just adds more wear and tear on the body of their best players. So when they get to the playoffs, yep. they may be out of gas. I heard a great thing. I think it was Brian Burke last week that said, you have to put a situation in when once you get to OT, you make it eight minutes instead of five minutes, but you have to have three sets of three or four sets of three. So you have your six forwards that have to play and your three defensemen and they have to play as a unit, something like that, yeah. like the old Russians used to do, five-man yeah. unit. They were good. Yeah, they were. But do you not think that that then gets way too logistically based and referees and everybody trying to figure out who's not cheating all of you? Do you not think it'd be too complex? Sure, I do. But then the Houston Astros won't be playing, so we'll be okay. Oh, my God. I just heard on the radio coming down, they want to strip them and I think the Boston Red Sox of the World Series. Do you think that's going to happen? No, it can't happen. You know, it's bad enough what they've done. You know, the the, uh, A.J. Hinch and and Cora's going to be gone. They'll never manage again. At least I don't think Cora will. Um, But... And, and Beltron, is it, these guys are going to pay the price. Yeah. You can't take away. You just right. can't do it. This is not like Alan Eagleson taking away his uh, his uh, uh, induction to the Hall of Fame or his Order of Canada. This is, let's get real. It's not, it, it's bad. It's not end of the world bad. All right. Well, you're watching Gooch Live. Uh, the Gooch, Rosie, want to change topics a little bit here. Want to talk about uh, all-time greatest players in the NHL right at this moment that are playing. So I said, all-time greatest. I, I want to change that topic. The, gr- the best player right now in the National Hockey League that is going to the All-Star game, who do you think it is? Connor McDavid. Absolutely, no question. I, I can't even, you know what, I can't go against you. Watched him play the other day in Edmonton. Uh, this guy's dynamic. This guy is the full deal. He's got everything, every player wants there he back checks like he forward checks and obviously the speed is just it's beyond me i got to see him live and he's faster than what you see on tv he's got everything you want to teach a young kid but can't teach he's got all the great aspects of a canadian player he's got the grit of an american player he's got the 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 uh <clears throat> the strength and the mindset of a european play a european player he's got it all yeah. you know i watched that I don't. Maybe I have no life. I don't know. But I watched that goal on where he went by uh, Riley. Riley. Notice that Riley's out. He's hurt. Riley broke his ankle on that play. He's still looking for his jockstrap. Oh, okay. Come on. Don't be mean. No, no. Hey, listen. Not many defensemen could have defended that move. No, no, no. Hey, listen. Riley looked amazing on it. Um, (laughs) And then uh, Hutchison, who was, uh, you know, I I, I trained with him back when he could play goal. No, that's mean. Jesus. He's he's, he's trying his best. Okay. This is tough playing in Toronto, okay? I want to see you try to play goal in Toronto. I'd love to play in Toronto. No, but, you know, I watched that play, and Gooch, if you watch it and break it down, young coaches out there, watch McDavid. He's not looking at Riley once. He's just, he's over, he's over, he's over, he's over, and then all of a sudden, he's by him, and the puck's under the bar. Just watch it and break it down. What an incredible goal. Well, you know what? Uh, I had an opportunity to uh, get up close and personal with him. He's also a great kid. Yeah. Like, he's this guy's grounded. He's got everything uh, you want in, in a player. All right, well, let's change it a little bit again. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Rosie's rant. Uh, I think the way you're feeling right now, let's go into it right now before we go into my bottom line. You want to do it? You know what? i got to steal your pen. 
right. I need your pen. You got it. Okay, because I haven't won yet. I'm okay. over for two. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't it. know. You've been. Listen, you get so here you know earlier than I do. You're probably paying the kids no, off here. Yeah, like I got money. Yeah, and, and an amateur, former amateur athlete with one leg. I got money to play. I'm, I'm burning it up right now. Kids out there, if you want to watch how to make a living, watch me. I'm telling Hey, you haven't done that bad. Listen, you've got a gold medal. I don't have a gold medal. You're right. You're right. That's Keith Primo true. has a gold medal. We'll talk about that. Did okay. you know that? I did know that. All right. Yeah, World Championship. Yes, sir. Okay, listen. So it's January 2020 right now, Gooch. It is. I'm writing and that down. And the talks are starting right now. For February 2022 in Beijing. It's starting already. Randy Fasell is starting already. The NHL. Are they coming? Aren't they coming? What's going on? I am telling you right now, Mr. Bettman, and all of you owners out there, if you do what you did in 2018 in Korea, it is going to be a travesty. You heard it here on Rosie's Rant. A travesty to the game. You must, I had an opportunity to play in three Olympic games. You must send the best. It is an opportunity. We have a chance. Connor McDavid, if we don't do it and something happens to him, he's never going to get a chance to play for Canada in the Olympics. Austin Matthews will never get a chance to play for the Americans. Maybe Caden Primo will never get a chance to play for the Americans in the Olympic games that come around every four years. Give your head a shake. And I know what you're going to say about injuries. Injuries can happen any time. A guy could get off the team bus and he could get hit by a taxi. Injury. We cannot live our life fearing injuries. The Olympic Games happen once every four years. Allow these players to put their jersey on of their country. Whether it's, listen, whether it's (laughs) Latvia, Russia, Canada, the USA, the Czech Republic, I don't care. Do not take away the opportunity to allow these kids to play for their country. Oh, that's it. I'm done. You brought up a very, very important point. Latvia. Do you remember? I do. In 2014, Tavares breaking a leg. Yeah, I do. He was lost for the season for the New York Islanders. The cost was tremendous for his team. Charles Wang went crazy saying, hey, guys, listen, I don't mind giving you my players. Hey, we're not making a dime off this thing. And I've got shareholders. I've got ticket holders. I've got people that are saying, what the hell are you doing? What are you putting our best player on the ice for national pride i want to win a stanley cup okay and that's a chance that everybody takes the bottom line is the bottom line huh the bottom line is this is the olympic games and you sometimes have to put business aside this is an opportunity for these young kids look at the young boys and girls that are dreaming of playing in the olympic games and they want their best player to be playing for their country i don't care about the injury it's a one in a million it's happened once I'm sorry for Mr. Tavares. I'm sorry for Team Canada. I'm sorry for the New York Islanders. But it's happened once. That's the way it goes. Paul, Paul, I only had uh, so much time uh, to look up Wikipedia to find out if it's only once. I think it's a lot more than once, meaning that these guys are going over there all next to the world, and they're coming back tired. You've done it. I've done it. The jet lag of flying back home and then getting right back into the National Hockey League. I believe if they change the format, why don't they move it to the summer? 
games. I know it sounds crazy. Then it doesn't affect the opportunity. They still can get hurt, but they have a time. They have time to get prepared for the season versus getting hurt in February and they're done. And let's say it's a Stanley Cup contender and you lose Connor McDavid. If you lose Connor McDavid right now for the Edmonton Oilers, I would bet the bottom dollar that Edmonton will not make the playoffs. They're going to struggle to make the playoffs if they lose him, there is no chance. 100%. But I will guarantee you, if you talk to Connor McDavid right now and give him that opportunity to have that gold medal put around his neck, and it's a one-time shot usually right. for these guys. Very few guys get to play in two or three or four Olympic games. He'll take that opportunity. And yes, it's not fair, and maybe it's bad for the owners. It's 100% bad for the owners and the fans. But they get a chance to watch their greatest heroes play in the Olympic Games. And when you put that jersey on, and I'm telling you, maybe it's unfair to use this one, but I've done it. When you put that jersey on for your country, it is a thrill that you will never, ever forget. And, Paul, there's no question, and we're we're honored that you did that for us, and we're honored for all the players to go out and do that. But the bottom line, again, is the fact that this is a business. Ice hockey, hockey today is a business, and we have to respect that. So if a player like McDavid or Matthews here in Toronto get hurt, what happens if it's a career-ending injury? How do you take that? Well, it's bad. It's real bad. But then you can look at it could be a career-ending injury the week before they go, playing against Tampa Bay in a nothing game going into the corner. Injuries happen. Right. You can't take their opportunity to play for their country. I agree that they play. Injuries happen. We've been through it. I've been through many injuries and continued on playing. And that's what happens a lot of the times. Obviously, I think we have to be respectful of the fact that these players are making huge amount of money. Yep. And if you take them out of the lineup because they've got injured playing for something that really doesn't have anything to do with the national hockey. I hear this story. Well, it's going to grow the game. I'll tell you what, the game is growing faster than it's ever grown, and it doesn't need the Olympics to do that. It is a great game. People are buying into this game. So I don't think you have to use the Olympics as the stage to get players playing in in the hockey leagues. I think if you allow it to happen in Beijing, you will see hockey in China grow enormously. Okay. God dang it. I may go down 0-3. I tried to give it a fight. Tavares, I love I you. Think Steve's uh, shaking his head. I think he's going with 2-1. Is he? Are you giving this oh, to Gooch? It, it's a it's a draw. It's a draw. It's a draw. It's okay. Right, we'll okay. go with that. We'll go I'll with a draw. That. Well, That's I know right. what's not a draw. What's that? My bottom line. Let's go. My bottom line, the all-time greatest overtime game-winning goal for that particular game. Yep. Not for the series. Not to not an overtime goal that uh, meant anything other than the fact they won that particular game. You got to go back to 1970. You would remember that. Steve, st- I see he's getting on his Google machine right now okay. to figure out who it is. Okay. Um, 1970. Okay. Against the St. Louis Blues. Very topical. Obviously, having the NHL All-Star game there this week. And? Was it Detroit against St. Louis? No. It wasn't. Boston so it wasn't Bruins. Boston Bruins. You know that for a fact. What? No, which Bobby one? Bobby Orr. Talk? You oh, remember Bob- him Oh, 1970. I said, didn't I say uh, 1970? Yeah, you did. St. Louis, you did say. Okay. He did. He's getting us summed up. All right, you did I got say it. Absolutely. Yes, Bobby Orr. Do you agree Orr with went, that? I do. Okay. I do. When he flew across, and Glenn Hall was the goalie for St. Louis Blues, and Barkley Plager yes. tripped him when he yes. went midair. Plager, I remember having his... the old, like, Superman. I remember having his beehive hockey card. Do you remember those? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. We're only a year apart in age, but I, I, I know I look much yeah. better than you, but come on. Don't forget, I've been in bed for a couple of days. Uh, too, yeah. All right, listen, I want to talk about some other ones then, because yep. I thought you were going to say, Gooch, you're, you're, you're not telling us all. 
you should be looking at a couple other goals. What well, about Stevie Eiserman in 1996? That was a bullet. The wing goal. That, yeah, that was a bullet in the uh, top corner beat Grant Fuhr, did he not? Yes. That was a beauty. Yeah. What about Brad May? May Day! May Day! <laughs> Rick Jenneret going crazy. Okay, and he rode his stick down the ice. Did he you did. know how to fire Who's the all-time greatest stick rider? Uh, um, yes, Tiger Williams. Dave Tiger Williams. Tiger Williams yeah. uh, we had him in Australia a few years back. Yeah, and he yeah, actually, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I've heard about some yeah. things that happened with Dave Tiger Williams. He's a he's, fantastic he's man, guy. Yeah. All right, what about this one? Mato, Mato, Mato. Yeah, yeah with the Rangers. Stefan. Step on, step on my toe. Step on my toe. Absolutely. <laughs> what year did that happen? 94. 94. Yeah, when they won the cup. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to get a chance to talk to Keith Primo, and he's going to tell us about his goal that he scored. Five overtimes, still a modern day history. You know what's really cool about that? Yeah, it's number seven on the list. Okay. Seven on the list. All right, just before we go, I just want to say, uh, obviously, Keith Primo is going to be coming up, and we're going to be talking with him, uh, brought to you by the Hockey News. And, of course... The great people at Christian Hockey. You got it. I just want to say that uh, I'm, I'm honored uh, of, of doing what I did with the Australian team, but what's even more honoring now is I got a phone call from... Greg Audie, one of the all-time greatest hockey players in Australian history. Uh, they are hosting a bushfire charity in Adelaide, and they have asked me to come. Wow. I'm going to suit up at 60 and play against uh, with a bunch of old guys. It's going to be world against the all-star team from Adelaide. And all the funds are going to go and help the bushfires. And what's really important about that, I know we, sometimes media, we overplay it, overplay it, overplay it. We get tired of it. You know, the next situation comes up. It's real. We're really thankful that rain has come to Australia and it's tempered it a little bit. But you got to remember, lives were lost. We have a huge contingency. As the kids were flying back on this trip from Vancouver, 38 firefighters from BC and Alberta were on those planes yeah. to go over there and risk their lives to help us. So really honored about that. And Greg Audie, you're doing a great job. Thank you for doing that. Great people. You've Absolutely. been listening to Paul Rosen, Rosie. You've been listening to Kerry Goulet. The Gooch on Gooch's Live. Listen, we're really uh, excited today to have uh, our good buddy Keith Primo on the line. He's on Skype. Keith, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Gooch? <laughs> we are really, really good. Listen, a two-time All-Star. <clears throat> it's All-Star Week. Yeah. And so we wanted to talk a little bit uh, with you, Keith. Obviously, you got an incredible career that we could talk uh, days about. Obviously, the family. We're going to get touch a little bit about that. Uh, but let's talk about Keith Primo before we actually get in. Drafted first round, uh, third overall. Did you remember that? I did not remember that, but I knew it was it was high. Who was yeah. he drafted by? Detroit, Detroit Red, Red Wings. Wings. Number, number 55. 55. Look at go. that. On your program, number one in your heart. <laughs> yeah, that's corny. All right, so 15 seasons of the National Hockey League. Played for the Wings, the Flyers, the Whalers, and the Hurricanes. And Keith, you were a captain for the Flyers and the Hurricanes? And Carolina, yeah, that's Carolina, right. Carolina I was. Hurricanes. Wow, you did some research, eh, Gooch? Yeah. Well, you know, Wikipedia. I, you know what? I don't think I have ever told Keith this, and it is true. I'm not blowing smoke. Um, that I wore number 25 on my Mets Hockey League team. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to mean anything to you, Keith, as a, or not. As a player or a goaltender? No, as a player. Yeah. I wore 25 because of Keith. Wow, that's Honest really, to God. That's, that's a really true story. Touching. That's really touching. Men's hockey, Chesswood. All right, let's talk about some other stats here. Uh, I'm Keith? Honored, I'm honored and humbled. Well, you should have wore 29. Listen, uh, Keith is one of those type of guys that, that don't want us to overflower this situation, but we do. We have Unlike to do that. Unlike you. 
I have to. I'm not Keith Primo, for God's sakes. 1989-90, Eddie Powers Memorial Award. Yeah. Do you know what that is? It's the leading scorer in the OHL. Yes, sir. Keith, you remember that? I mean, it was a long time ago, Kerry, but yeah, I, I, do, I do remember it. All right. How many points did you win by? Um, six, six points, maybe seven points. Who did you be? Who was the number two? Who, who was in second? I'm going to, I'm going to guess Owen Noel, uh, Pauly DiPietro was second. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Well, I didn't do that much investigation. Can't story about that. So we believe you. 1999, <laughs> the all-star game in Tampa. It was the world versus North, North America. America. How was that? So, you know, it's interesting because um, I, I don't really remember the setup. I mean, I, I grew up, you know, in the era of, uh, you know, um, uh, Campbell Conference, uh, you know, and then uh, and then it was East versus West. And, 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 and when, the, when Gooch was, we were chatting yesterday, he told me it was the uh, world versus North America. I was a little surprised. I didn't even remember that. Um, uh, but certainly a, a great uh, experience. Um, for me, being my you know my first All Star game and, and uh, a memory that I'll, I'll always I'll always keep. Well, we want to talk a little bit about the All Star, the way it is now, and obviously when it, when you were playing in it. Two thousand four, Minneapolis. It was Eastern versus Western. Another change. Yeah, and that was um, uh, and, uh, you know, obviously another great experience. D different climate, Tampa in ninety. <laughs> to uh, Minneapolis in uh, in 04 but but that that year um, it was it was a really surprise for me announced to the um, to the all-star team I think I had seven goals at the break so I wasn't going for my offensive prowess I was <laughs> as a potential selkie candidate um, and anybody knew me or knew how I played I, you know I, my game was you know more of I was going to score goals in the blue paint and I was going to win puck battles in the corner. So an all-star game isn't really conducive to my style of play. So I was, you know, I'm on the bench and telling guys, telling guys that, uh, you know, we've got to be a little bit more physical here. we got to finish our checks. <laughs> and, uh, and there was a pot of money at the, at the end of the road as well that they, that they introduced at that, you know, around that time to try and, and try and uh, increase the, um, the energy level in the all-star games. And, and uh, so, I guess we're going to lead to the next part to where, you know, today's game is um, and all, all, all designed to try and increase the, you know, the excitement, you know, of the all-star game, because there, when I played, like you said, it was, it was really glorified pond hockey. Yes. Well, also, uh, as we were going through finding out some stats, uh, our guy, uh, uh, Steven came up and he had 22 points that year. So it really shows the fact that they didn't pick you for a goal scoring prowess, but we all know how you played rough and tough, but also very fair. And that's what we, uh, we like about you, Keith. Also in 1996, you played for a world cup. Um, and there's talk about the world cup coming back. It's been on the, on the horizon for about five years. They've been talking about it. It's coming back in 2024. Do you think that's going to happen? Um, if you're asking me, uh, um, uh, my opinion would be I'm not sure, but but my my um, uh, with my sense would be that I'd I'd love to see it. You know, it was for me it was a great experience. '96 World Cup it was the first real opportunity I had to rub rub elbows with with the you know the elite players in our league. I was you know in a locker room with with Mark Messier and Wayne Gretzky and 
and uh, and 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 the like. So uh, really a, an honor and, and a great experience for me. Um, and then the level of competition. I remember us traveling around to different cities for the games. You know, um, and the finals were split between Montreal and Philadelphia. And it's you know it, it was August time frame, and the buildings were sold out, and the intensity was incredible and and so uh uh you know from a fan perspective the world cup really is um a great experience even though it's just that it's just the world cup it's not the olympic stage it's not the stanley cup um it's just high level hockey with the best players in the world yeah keith one of the uh one of the crazy things uh i think could be as obviously a great player and played a long time in the NHL, but now as a father of an up-and-coming young star in, in Caden with the with the Canadians being mentored by, you know, probably one of the best goalies of all time in, in Carey Price. In 2024, you could be watching your son play for the U.S. <laughs> How that feeling of, of playing, and, and I've thought about this, and Gucci and I have talked about this with players having their kids being Canadian or, or American and having their kid being born in the other country and, and playing for that team. How, how would that feel if Caden was playing in the 2024 gold medal game, but he's playing for the U.S.? It's, uh, it's actually a good question because it's an interesting, really interesting dynamic because, um, you know, I, I sit in the, in, in the summertime and uh, every four years and watch the Summer Olympics and, and there was a female swimmer and I, and, and I, her, her name escapes me, but she was swimming for the U.S. and she was Canadian born. Uh, her parents were Canadian, but they, you know, for whatever reason, she was in the U.S. and and uh, and I remember thinking that I can't believe this. I, they, <laughs> uh, Canadian girl swimming for the U.S. and 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 then you know I look at my own household and you know I, I'm uh, I'm outnumbered. My my wife and my four kids are all uh, American by birth. Um, the kids have their dual citizenship, but but um, they, they, they recognize themselves as, as Americans. And and uh, Caden's, you know, had a uh, tremendous success on the international stage for for U.S. Uh, USA hockey and, and takes tremendous pride in it. So um, it, it's certainly difficult in the primo house when when uh, when when Caden or the, any of the other ones are on the international stage. But uh, obviously super proud. Yeah, we saw that in the World Juniors uh, a couple of years back. Listen, what was really exciting to do is watch him excel. And golly, they just about took the gold medal, if you recall that, uh, taking a silver. Mm -hmm. and he was stellar in that. We got to see you on TV watching the game, and we saw how nervous Keith Primo was. Believe that? Probably much more yeah. watching, watching than playing. Yeah. It's, it's, it really, it's unbelievable. And, and um, you know, not only is there way more pride when you watch your kids play, but they're, they're, it's way more nerve-wracking as well. Um, yeah, I have another one that plays at uh, Nebraska Omaha Division One yeah. hockey. There. Chase. We, we get yeah, Chase. We get nervous watching him, you know, because we want to see him successful. But it's nothing like having a goaltender. Um, <laughs> it's uh, extremely stressful to you know to to um, be watching uh, you know your your son or your child on you know on on uh, play goal at at uh, high level. With you being you know a power forward and here your your son is now one of the top goaltenders prospects. Listen, 1998 Olympics yeah. in Japan. I know you had a question for Keith on that one. Yeah, uh, you know, so sometimes get together and I, I talked to some of the old guys that I, I played with, and I was very fortunate to play in three Olympics. 
how, and I don't know if you've ever been asked this question, but, you know, going back to 98, Nagano was not a great uh, ending for Canada. How did it feel being on the bench there and, you know, Crawford puts Gretzky in to shoot and all the the criticism that came after that, Keith, is, was there ever a time when the players were just going, I can't believe this? No, he didn't put him in. You know, well, it's... it's well, that, that, yeah, yeah, that's as, okay. as yeah. a... As a Crazy. player on the on the bench, how did you feel, you know, thinking, well, like, because I know I've thought it a few times with coaches, like, what is he doing? Yeah, and so at the, at the moment, you know, um, we weren't really, I didn't really process it, and I, I don't think other guys around me did either. Otherwise, there probably would have been some backlash immediately right there, you know, like, hey, well, you've got the, the best goal scorer in the history of the game on your bench, and you're not going to use him in this situation. Um but uh, afterwards, um, you know, when you realize that he actually wasn't used, you wonder, you know, what the logic is or was, right? Like, is there a situation where, you know, Wayne is hurt and, and, and chooses not to go or, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, um, it's always been a question that we've always wondered what the true answer was. Has anybody ever said what it was about or no? No, nothing. And it's always kind of whenever it ever, whenever it does get mentioned, it kind of just gets, you know, brushed aside and swept under the, the rug. And so, again, I don't I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I was in the locker room and I don't know if there's any other reason than they chose five different shooters. I mean, I mean, I do know one of the one of the answers was the ice wasn't great at that point after three periods and a 10 minutes. You know, and, and a ten-minute uh, overtime. So you know, you know, heavier shooters. So you you use guys like Brendan Shanahan, and um, uh, and then Ray Bork was the was probably the most obvious one that you would switch out for for Gratz. Um, but for for me, you know, overall, it was it's it's probably the most disappointing finish uh, for me. Even you know, having never won a Stanley Cup, like, we were the best team there. Yeah. Um, we deserved the we deserved a better fate, uh, and we fell short uh, against uh, you know, a great goaltender that um, you know and end up winning the checks a, a gold medal. Now that's one of the rumors, and and you being a goaltender, Paul, we, the rumors were that they just didn't feel that Gretzky and the Hasek story that he just because he was a flopper, they were concerned about that. I did read that. Yeah, I, and I, I've heard that that has been said over the years that Gretzky's uh, his success he didn't have great success on penalty shots. You know what? I throw that out, and you tell me that I'm going to get a chance to not have the best player in the world come in on a one-on-one -on, -one yeah, on me. I'm going crazy. beautiful all day. Keep him on the bench. Thank you so much. I just I don't understand that at all. Well, we're talking with uh, Keith Primo, obviously uh, uh, one of the top power forwards of all our, our time, in my generation that I recall. Uh, we have to talk about this uh, in 2006. Keith, you suffered your uh, career-ending uh, concussion and retired on, uh, uh, I think it was September 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, take us, I know that you're obviously a super ambassador, co-founder with myself with Stop Concussions. Uh, let's touch on that for a few minutes. Uh, you know, obviously having to retire, not on your terms, how did that feel, uh, obviously, being taken out of the game, too? Yeah, and, and so I retired in 2006, but my, my last and, do, and fourth documented concussion was in October 2005. You know, so I tried the better part of a year to, to, uh, to get healthy enough to, to get back and play. And I, th and I thought I was close, but, but 
in, in reality, I was probably more fooling myself than anything. Um, and it, and it took the courage of, uh, you know, our head athletic therapist, Jim McCross and for the Philadelphia Flyers to just kind of look me in the eye and tell me that, uh, in good conscience, uh, he, he, he would he could never, you know, give me permission to ever go out there and, and lace up again. And, and so, um, as, as devastating and as, um, crushing as that moment was, um, my first, my first sense was, was that of relief. Um, you know, because I just, I just knew my, um, personality and my, and my MO was to just keep plowing forward and, and, um, you know, you play through, you just play through the pain and the hurt. And, and so it was that, that time, you know, around that time when, when I was still struggling that, you know, that we, you and I kind of collaborated and, and it became important for me that the message at the grassroots level, because, uh, I felt that most importantly, the, the biggest thing that was hindering me was my, uh, inability to accept what was reality. And, and that was because that's what I was brought up with. And, and so it was important that we change the mindset of the athlete to understand that, um, you know, you're only given one brain and, and you got to protect it. So, um, it's, it's certainly a, a, a strong message. Yeah. I want to, uh, thank on behalf of everybody out there who suffered a concussion and, you know, maybe played at a high level and, and, and had their career ended. I, I want to thank both Gooch and you, Keith. Um, you know, next week will be a year to the day from me trying to take my own life, and we'll get into that in another show. Um, and the bulk of it came from the depression and the depression I felt from the last couple of concussions I had and, and leaving the game that I loved, uh, having the opportunity that my life was changed and, and I didn't want it to change. Yeah. So on, on behalf of a lot of people out there, I want to thank you and Gooch for what you've done over the years with Stop Concussions. And how does it feel as a parent uh, to you, Keith, and, a, and as a co-founder to you, Gooch, to know that you've, uh, you've done something so incredible to, to help society really yeah and, and i can and i can only speak i can only speak from my own personal experiences and 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 you know uh i look at these football players that um all, uh, you know um ultimately take their own lives and and uh and and people question or wonder how they could get to that point and i and i'm living proof that i i, I get it i i understand i don't know how close i was to my breaking point but I certainly have an appreciation for there is a breaking point for, for everyone um, and whatever level of um, uh, um, uh, depression or um, mental illness that you're dealing with, um, it's, it's real and, 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 we ha and we have to treat it as such. Yeah, and we're really thankful, Paul, that uh, one year ago we didn't lose you. You are a tremendous ambassador. Uh, changing gears a little bit, I want to talk about a special night for me. I know a lot of people think, uh, uh, you know, I overblow my friendship with Keith Primo. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Keith, uh, I played a little bit of hockey, never got to your stage, of course. And I love your brother, Wayne. But for some reason, I just love the way you played. And I was there on February the 12th, 2007. Mm -hmm. It was in the Spectrum, was it not, Keith? Uh, well, the, fir the First Union Center, whatever they were calling it at the time. I was there <laughs> we'll on the ice with Keith Primo when they honored him uh, from the Flyers in front of his old team that drafted him, the Red Wings, Detroit wow. Red Wings. How great of a night was that? Yeah, that was that was really special. It was, um, you know, it was, again, I humbled that, um, 
that the the flyers felt um strong enough to, to you know to uh uh, celebrate my time as a flyer and and recognize me as a, as a Philadelphia Flyer. So you know, I always um, uh, look back on that night as a very fond memory. Also, but how how did it feel? Obviously, the team that drafted you and you're playing against the you know you were always playing against them, and now in front of them you were getting this honor. Was it weird or was it cool? It was. Was, I mean, it was it, it was for very surreal. I mean, because it, it, it was it was the beginning of my career. It was the ending of my career, and everything encompassing in between. Um, and it brought closure and finality. Um, and that was so. It was a little bittersweet, but but um, um, still very special. All right. Well, Paul, you know, on, oh, sorry. One one second. I want to end on on what I think is uh, is going to be a good ending. I don't know the. Uh, People watching may not agree, but uh, you know, Gooch and I we get into a little bit of a tassel uh, sometimes here on the desk. Uh, I consider Gooch to be a brother uh, uh, of mine. And uh, how did it feel? You've probably been asked this a thousand times. That how did it feel getting into fisticuffs with your brother on the ice there and your parents watching? You're you're understating it by 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 saying thousands. I've been I've been asked a million times about it. So. <laughs> It's the first thing that comes up in almost every conversation anymore. Uh, you know, when people want to know about uh, you know my length of my career, but um, it was uh, just it was the heat of the moment type of thing. We were we, we were fighting for a playoff spot in Hartford. Um, I didn't really think he would accept the uh, the invite, uh, but, but he, he did. And uh, you know, about halfway through, I connected with one, and it was really more of just a noogie fest. But I did land one. And that, that was kind of the moment for me when I realized that it probably wasn't the smartest thing I could do. And and uh, they broke us up. I went to the locker room, went right down the corridor, picked up a phone, called my parents who were watching on TV. And my dad was laughing at the time until my sister and my mom in the background started hollering at him. So he changed his tune in a hurry as well. And uh, it's safe to say that um, uh, we know who runs the, runs the Primo household. I can hear her in the background yelling, <laughs> screaming. All right, listen, uh, ending it off, uh, five time, oh, five p overtime periods. It was a special moment. 152 minutes and one second. Keith Primo did something that's still in the record books as the longest game on the books. Keith, tell us a little bit about that special moment. So, um, you know, at, at, the, at that, again, at that moment in time, it was just, it was, uh, we won a hockey game and it gave us an opportunity to fight back into the series. But I kind of felt at that, at that moment as well, that it was going to take on a bit of a life of its own and become a very moment, memorable moment in, in Flyers history. And it certainly has, um, it, it's another, you know, highlight to my career that co comes up frequently and, um, but it was you know, the game wore on. It actually it became more and more room in the ice. It was more room through the neutral zone because back then, you know, there's a lot more cut, clutching and grabbing. And and as the game wore on, defensemen got tired. So um, uh, I felt really good. I mean, I I, I, I felt like I had uh, you know enough energy and an opportunity to to, uh, to to score the goal as long as Bush could hold the fort, which he did. He played unbelievable in the net and and. Um, uh, again, another fond memory. We were able to get the win in the game and then w win the series uh, uh, only to lose in the conference final to New Jersey. Right. Okay. So.
So listen, Keith, <clears throat> really like the time that we had with you. There's going to be a lot more opportunities with Keith Primo. He has not only an ambassador and a co-founder with Stop Concussions, because we're going to have a show about that. But more importantly, let's think about the, the effect of Keith Primo in the NHL. Talk about his brother Wayne. We'll get brothers in the NHL. We'll do a show on that. And of course, the one that I'm really looking forward to in a few weeks is going to be bringing Keith and Caden. Not that this is a Primo show by any means, Father but these son. are... But these are things when you think about father-sons, how many great ones are there out there. And then, of course, let's not go, let's not put the cart before the horse. Caden still has a little ways to go, but we all believe that he's going to get there. But the fact that Wayne and Keith, you know, had that little tussle and two different type of players, but uh, very interesting. So, Keith, thank you very much. Uh, listen, I know that you've been with us in Australia. Uh, I know that you've been thinking about, obviously, all the fires that are there. Uh, and we just want to thank you for all the support coming out and being a part of the Ice Hockey Classic with us. And I know we're going back there this year and we're going to do some great things, not only for ice hockey and growing the great game there, but most importantly, helping, obviously, the devastation that sits in all of Australia. So thank you for that, Brames. Thanks, guys. Well, that was fantastic talking with Keith Primo all about the NHL All-Star. Obviously, you had a great chance to talk to him about Caden and the success that Caden yep. is having, power forward versus uh, uh, the probably being trained by one of the best goaltenders, Carey Price, Caden uh, Primo. Um, I also love talking about the NHL All-Star game. I'm going to be down there. Paul, we're going to be talking on the phone about it. Uh, but there's something extra being added this year. Yeah, I think if you're, you really watch this year, because it's going to be a lot of fun. They're, they're adding a three-on-three -three tournament with the best women in the world breaking up into a, into a game. I, I think you're going to really appreciate women's hockey at the elite level. And who knows... For all of you out there watching that play para ice hockey, you never know. This could be a stepping stone to one day adding para ice hockey yeah. exhibition. And also, uh, our bottom line was really cool talking about the all-time greatest overtime goal with uh, Bobby Orr winning it. We both agreed to that. And finally, the Rosie rant. I'll tell you what. I think I'm gonna. I think I think I won it. You think you won it? And I know Steve says it was a draw. So I'll that's. Take a draw. I'll take. Yeah. How could you say that? Easy. How could you I'll, take a draw? Listen to me. I'll take a draw. I don't. I think I want it. You've been listening to The Gooch. And Rosie. On Gooch Live.